Thank you for listening to Quest Church San Diego. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us online at questsd.com. Again, that's questsd.com. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus, please email us at info at questsd.com. Thank you for listening. share with you on uh, a bit of what it's what the Bible talks about as far as um, staying on the path with Jesus and not uh, getting off track. We're going to look at Psalm 73. It's a great uh, uh, faith journey by the psalmist as he struggles with some of that and how that uh, relates to us today and the difficulties of this life uh, in this world, uh, especially now. So we are going to uh, share that together. And uh, really look forward to seeing uh, you guys, hopefully, this afternoon at lunch as well. So would you pray once more with me, and we'll dig in. Well, Father, we want to thank you for uh, a day of rest and a day of worship. And we thank you for uh, preparing our hearts through the music. We thank you for your word that penetrates us and, and your desires, that it transforms us. It, it not just rests there, but, it, that, but that it is alive in us and working uh, in us to, to transform us into your image, Jesus. And we pray that that would um, happen today, that each of us would, would, would pause and, uh, in your presence and to listen and to consider what you're saying to each of us. Lord, thank you for this uh, church uh, home and our church family. Thank you for the body of Christ, uh, all those who would worship you today and, and seek you, Lord. You, you desire to uh, be found by us and to reach in. So let us do that today. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Okay, so uh, this idea of paths and how we walk uh, through this life and, and the choices we make, and the, the opportunities God gives us. I was thinking of this poem I really like by Robert Frost called The Road Not Taken, and this picture kind of, um, uh, you know, describes what the poem is about. These two roads uh, diverged in a wood, and the traveler's sorry he could not travel both. And in this one short life that we live, we get one opportunity to take our journey through it and to choose the paths and to make the decisions uh, but basically, uh, God is, has offered us two roads, and he is uh, kind enough to give us the, the free will and the choices to choose which direction we'll go. And in the poem, it says, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So this narrower road we see up here, this one that's maybe a bit more overgrown, not as uh, well-traveled. That's a little bit of what we're talking about today, is, is choosing that path of walking with the Lord and how so many miss that and choose the path that leads away from him. So that's our uh, uh, under consideration today and Psalm 73. Again, it's, it's a, a faith journey of uh, the psalmist as he, he considers the difficulty of doing that. Um, but uh, before we get to that, uh, just consider the, the, the questions that we face when we're, when we're making those choices of, of following Jesus or not. And when we are followers, is the difficulties we can have uh, along that way. Um, God did not uh, create us to uh, march on a, uh, 
uh, a forced march path. He lets us choose to follow him lovingly and of our own free will. But notice that um, the path we choose, which of those two paths, it has eternal significance. And it relates to all of our future after this life. And know also that, that we weren't made to wander and to be lost. That God's desire uh, for us is to have direction and purpose and meaning and significance and hope. And also that we aren't to travel that path uh, with the Lord alone. He uh, desires for us to have fellowship with another, to encourage one another, to uh, engage in, in opportunities to reach out and to help. So think about that as today. If you're uh, maybe at a crossroads yourself, if there's decisions in life to make and you're looking for God's will, uh, how, how he loves to, to make it known to us, if we'll just take a little time like we're doing today to seek his will and to uh, patiently uh, open ourselves to him and listen to his voice uh, for direction. And, you know, if uh, you have a question of faith and aren't on the road with the Lord, this is an opportunity today to get on that road, to make that right choice, and to follow him with your whole life. Uh, today is a great day to make that decision and that prayer. Uh, it's not enough just to be a believer in Jesus. You need to be a receiver. You need to receive him into your heart, let him have lordship of your life, and, not, uh, and, and be on that, that path with him for all your life. Um, so... Asking directions when we're traveling is not a popular thing, uh, especially with our, our men out there. But uh, I don't know that anybody likes to admit they're a little lost. So this person, I had a picture up here of somebody who looks a bit lost in the uh, forest. And it's easy to happen when you're out there in the forest. And what you do when you're lost is you should stop where you are because you can get more lost. And, and um, uh, if you're really lost, then those who are seeking you are better able to find you that way. And so this is, um, I think, God's desire for us. If we're on that path and we're struggling, we're wavering, if we're looking, if we're willing to, to seek him first and, and get set on that right path, today is a day to just stop and listen and let him find us and direct us. So don't miss that. Don't miss that with your Sundays, with that small amount of time we might carve out for him. Because, again, we only have one uh, opportunity to make that right journey uh, in this short life we live. Uh, so if we're asking directions, God has, has been faithful in his word to say, uh, my word is a lamp to your feet and a light to my path. He will provide the direction if we just seek his, his will and his guidance for us. Uh, he, can, he can, as believers in, our, in, in the challenges along that journey, uh, if we're wavering or we have choices to make or even at a crossroads, he will give us his direction if we seek him through his word, through prayer, and through uh, listening for that clear, still, small voice, that peaceful voice. And if we look at our circumstances through his eyes, he's faithful to direct us. And, and to use all that together... Um, and, and even with some, some wisdom and godly counsel around us, uh, which is why we're here for one another in the body of Christ, to, to encourage each other again along that journey and, and pray for one another and help each other. Uh, so, so Jesus would give us this guidance. He would say, follow me. 
follow me because I know the way. And he's walked this way before, before us. He came to this earth. He walked as one of us. He lived. He suffered. He died. He knows our, our, our issues. And he is there to guide us through each step of it. So he says, follow me. And he also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to everlasting life. He is that straight, narrow path that brings us to eternal life. And in uh, Matthew 7, 13, it kind of goes along with this picture up here, uh, kind of a shameless promotion of the, the chosen videos, which I really enjoy. But uh, I like the fish graphic up here. I like that the green uh, fish are going against the stream. And that's what God calls us to as believers. He wants us to, to go against the tide. He wants us not to be on that broad, wide path with the crowd of this world. He wants to help us to stand different, set apart, and to blaze that trail with him for our lives. And he makes this clear in Matthew 7, 13. He says, enter by the narrow gate. Enter that path by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So today we're going to consider um, what can get us off that path. And, and, and realizing how many are not on it and, and maybe never will be. And how that grieves the heart of God and how desperately he wants all of us to, to be on that path with him that leads to eternity in heaven and not separated uh, from him forever, which is that broad path. And, and this can be slightly heavy in, in looking at um, the rough and rocky road that we, we walk in this life the difficulties, the, the sin, the wickedness in the world that can really trouble us, that can create fear and worry in us and, and stress. Uh, this, the story in this psalm talks about how stressed out this psalm, the, the writer is about the wickedness uh, in the world. And, and we'll look at it in detail, but, but just knowing that how there is so much and we'll talk about some of those difficulties in life that can, that can make us stumble and fall and lose our way. But um, it causes fear and it causes worry. And um, it can vex us. This word vex uh, comes up a couple times in, this, in the psalm and in another passage we're looking at. And, and to look it up, it's more of an irritation or an anger to be vexed and, and frustrated or upset. And I think all of us, can uh, look out on this world, and there's a multitude of issues uh, that will get us that, that way. I think um, uh, just watching the news, I'm sure some of you guys do that sometimes, right? Try not to unless you want to be vexed, right? Because uh, within 30, 60 seconds, it can stress you out, and we can become fearful and worried and irritated and angered and vexed and upset. So real quick, a couple responses that we can have to the fears and anxieties that uh, the wickedness and the, the difficulties in this life can, can cause us. And so in Second Timothy 1.7, I just have a couple of scriptures here to share with you. He talks about that fear. And, and quite simply, God says that for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. God 
desires that we do not fear. And he also says that perfect love casts out all fear. That's our love for him, our trust in him. He gives us that peace and removes that fear and, and his love for us. That oneness on that path together will help alleviate the fears and anxieties that the stress and difficulties of the path and the wickedness of this world can, can leave us with. And, and as far as the worry, he has another scripture over here about that. And he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything by prayer, supplication, which is just petitioning God with our needs, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So on that path, that rough road that it can be, he says quite simply, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And stop by off the road and pick up some peace because there's an abundance of that along the journey for you. So don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And pick up all the peace that he has waiting for you through doing that. Um, so our responses to the wickedness in this world uh, we talked about the fear and the uh, worry and, and just the evil that can be out there that can be oppressive and, and cause us stress. Uh, he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And he, says, he also says, repay no one evil for evil. So we, don't, we want to do unto others as they would do to us, not as they have done to us, but as we would like them to do to us. So we're not going to repay evil for evil. We are going to love our enemies. God says, on that path with me, it gets difficult and it gets rough and there's a lot of evil and wickedness and you will want to stumble, but don't fall into the trap. Don't get off the, the path of returning evil for evil and responding in kind. He says, do good to your enemies. Pray for them. Bless them that persecute you. So let's consider that as a relief from some of the stress and the fear and dealing with the, the darkness that is uh, all around us in this world. And again, not to harp on that, but to give us tools and hope beyond that, to not focus on it, but know that it's real and know that God has a plan for it. So uh, in Psalm 73, if you want to turn there, uh, please follow along. If uh, you need to jump up and grab a Bible, there's some on the side tables. Or if you have one, I would turn there. It's a great psalm that talks about uh, a believer in crisis. He's having a crisis of faith, and it's due primarily to the wickedness that he sees around him in this world. And um, he starts off in verse 1. He says, Truly God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. So he's proclaiming his love and his affiliation on that path with the Lord. And that's, that's a foundational truth for him. But he immediately goes on to share his struggle with us. Uh, he talks in verse 2 and 3. He says, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So looking around him, seeing... Uh, this world and the wickedness and how there is uh, uh, almost uh, a blessing for, for so many who rebel against God. And, and God does bless all of his creation. He gives uh, the sun and the, and the rain to us all and his world for all of us. But 
when he sees that there's no penalty for this, he's very frustrated. And he's got a storm coming to him, but he has faith, and we're going to see how his foundation stays secure through this. And if you have the foundation of the Lord Jesus in your life, if he is your Savior, if you're on his path, then these storms, which will come, the difficulties, the trials, won't break us, but they will end up building us stronger to build more on that firm foundation. But he's envious. And his problem is he's looking a bit superficially. He's looking at the material things. He's looking at the temporary things. He's looking at the circumstantial, and he's looking at it emotionally. So, but he can't, he can't um, ignore what is going on around him. And in verse 4 through 12, he talks about this more, about, about the wickedness of, of so many and, and how um, they seem to be prospering in the midst of it. So in verse 4, he says, For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Pride is the marker of the rebellious against God. And violence covers them like a garment. And God says, as a believer, we should wear wisdom and understanding and mercy and kindness and faithfulness. But we do see so much of the violence in this world. We could talk about all that. We see so much of the, the pride and rebellion and arrogance against God. And in verse 7 it says, Their eyes bulge with abundance. There is so much greed and selfishness in this world that people are living for. And it says they have more than heart could wish. Living for materialism. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression and they speak loftily. The oppressiveness, the wars that have gone on, the enslavement, the killing, the violence, so much to get stressed about in this world, so much to, to be frustrated at the injustice that is in this world, how the wicked, uh, wicked uh, people are allowed to uh, do so much damage. And this isn't to be hypocritical. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We all uh, can stumble. But we're on that path with him, and we want to be like him. We want to be on the straight and narrow, and, and he corrects us and disciplines us and brings us back. But I'm talking about those who have rejected God, who have denied that path, who mock him. And they set their mouth against the heavens, the arrogance, and their tongues walk throughout the earth, their boastfulness. Therefore, as people return here, and waters of a full cup are drained by them. That means they're, they're attracting more and more people to this way of thinking. And, you know, when you look at, at the, the ability of social media to be used for good and for evil, there is so much that people can be attracted to that is wicked and false and deceptive. And it's used by, by the ungodly to herd people further down that path all too often. And they say, how does God know? And is their knowledge in the Most High, mocking God? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Now, this is his perspective. This is what he's seeing when he looks out and, and his frustration and emotion and the, the temporal blessings and the lack of, of inter, intervention by God to stop this. But um, this is mentioned quite a bit in, in the Bible. And we talked about that broad path. It's a real thing of those who uh, rebel against God 
but yet um, it's allowed. So in um, the book of Job and other Psalms, um, and in the story uh, that we're going to jump over to for just a minute, because it parallels this, about a man named Lot who lived in a wicked city and was vexed by it. This is a good parallel to what this psalmist is going through, is, is the difficulty he's having in an evil world. So in Genesis 13, 12, it talks about Lot. It says, Abraham dwelt, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot, who was his nephew, dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked, and the women too, that whole town, virtually God could not find one righteous uh, but for, for Lot and his family. Uh, Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. So the wickedness, the unbelief, the, the, the greed and the pride and the renouncing of God and the deceitfulness and the sin and the murderous intent, all the path of the unbeliever. And we see it today. We see the violence, the lawlessness, and the political strife, and the wars, and the social media, and economics, and so many things that, things that gets us fearful, and worried, and upset, and vexed, but again, our eyes need to be focused a little differently than on these temporal things. So, there is hope here, okay? So stay with me, and don't be discouraged. We've already talked about how we can overcome evil with good, we can be lights that shine in this darkness, and that we can pray, and he will give us um, peace if we don't worry, but pray for things. But let's see what the psalmist does with this. Um, we're going to go back to Psalm 73, and we're, we're kind of looking at, at Lot's uh, situation in Sodom with this uh, psalmist uh, who's also struggling. So verse 13 and 14 he says, Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. He's on that path. He's living for the Lord. He's struggling. He is sometimes chastened in discipline. His desire is to be right with God. And it's a difficult road sometimes. And he feels, where is the, the justice for the non-believer, for those who seem to have ease and not have some of the struggles that he has and the, and the virtual prosperity of them. So he's frustrated, and he says in verse 15 and 16, he said, If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. That means if he had, if he had, if he had spoken out loud about, about some of this uh, injustice and frustration, but he is he's choosing... To, to guard his tongue, and he's choosing to, to work through this. And again, it's easy to get out there and, and to be on the social media and to just blast. And this, this man takes, takes the course, uh, this person, to uh, allow this to be worked through and to not just let everything spill out that may be hurtful to those who believe as well. Um, although... Uh, he says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Deep suffering, despair, pain, frustration, vexation. He's in the middle of it. And, you know, that might be a time to talk to somebody. Uh, and that's, again, what we're here to do for one another. We're here to encourage one another, to help us stay on that path, to help those who don't know the Lord to get on that path, and to build each other up and, and help carry each other's burdens. 
so he needs help desperately. He is vexed. I like that word. Um, so we're going to look at Lot because that's the same struggle he's having. Back in Second Peter 2.7, righteous Lot, Lot's a believer. He's on the path. He has that faith. Who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For this righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. So, do any of you feel vexed daily? Are you a little frustrated by what's going on in life? Don't you long for home? Don't you long for God's justice? Don't you long for his heaven where this evil does not um, have such power? Well, this is Lot's problem. And Lot, um, Lot was a righteous man. He was um, in that community standing apart. He was on the narrow road. And it's ref he's referred to three times as righteous if there's any question about him. And he uh, protected the angels of the Lord who came to that city with his, with his own life and the lives of his family. He was doing his best to stay on that path, but he was vexed daily. And that's a lot of how we live and walk on that path. It is uh, comfort and there is peace with the Lord, but there's also trials and difficulty. So, what does the psalmist choose to do about this? Are you ready for the key verse? Outline 17 in your Bible because that's the turning point. Psalm 73, 17 is where he turns. And um, it says that until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. He meets with the Lord. We talked about him meeting with somebody. He goes to the Lord. He takes it to the Lord in prayer. And he gathers in fellowship. And he receives the blessing of praise and worship and the word and prayer and fellowship. But also he can receive that um, through the Holy Spirit that we have today dwelling in us. God, you know, it's said that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that his, his spirit lives in us. So we can commune with God. We can hear from him. We can meet with him uh, best through prayer, best through his word. That's how he speaks most clearly. But also through, again, some godly counsel and some fellowship and corporate uh, prayer and, and, and worship. Corporate worship is where we can listen and seek and find him. So he does that. And he went into the sanctuary of God, and then he understood. He understands. He had knowledge, and he, he was looking at the world, but he didn't really understand what he was seeing and what God's purpose and plans were. Now he's aligning with God. Now he is seeing what God sees. And, you know, asking for wisdom and understanding is so critical in, in living this life and walking that path, and his word is the source of that. <clears throat> So God gives his assurance that he is just and his word is true. And the psalmist understands God's judgment. And he sees, as he goes on in verse 18 through 20, he says, Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terror. As a dream when one awakes, so Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. It's heavy, heavy judgment on the wicked and unbelieving in this world. But it is justice, and God's justice is good and fair and right. 
But knowing this, the other side of his justice is his mercy and his compassion. And in 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, uh, he says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. That means he's patient and long-suffering. The Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Why? Why does he wait? Why is, do the wicked prosper? Why doesn't he not elicit immediate judgment? Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His heart is for every person that he created to come to repentance, to get on that path with him. And that's what we should be thinking about and have compassion about and, and rejoicing about, that we are on that path. And, and also in Ezekiel, it, it mirrors that same thought. He says, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die? And God did everything he could to prevent that. He gave his son to take that place of suffering and judgment and death and destruction and that path, to, to remove that path, to put people on the right path towards him. But the rebellion and the wickedness persists, and God's judgment must come because he's a righteous God who must follow his word, but also his abundant mercy is in the other hand. So Lot, back in Sodom, the, psal- the psalmist sees and understands and learns what, what God is doing and understands the end, of, uh, the end point of the wicked, and it's not prosperous. But Lot, he saw God's judgment, as did others. And it, it says about God and, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. As an example, God has spoken of his coming judgment. And he spoke in Second Peter where he says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them into hell and delivered them into chains of darkness, the fallen rebellious angels, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world, the ungodly. God has judged. He showed his judgment to, to Lot. He's, he's chronicled it in his Bible of the angels and of Noah, and we know that it is a, a real and coming thing. And that's heavy. And again, God does not desire that. He sent his son to die to prevent that so that we might get off of that path that our sins have brought us to. And so this should give us a burden and a sympathy for the lost, to love, to reach out in love, and to speak the truth in love. You know, we talk about sharing the good news. Amen? Hopefully we all have had opportunity to do that or to to look for opportunities to do that. But so often we're not sharing the truth in love. We're often just sharing the bad news. And there's a lot of bad news in what I've read. There's a lot of judgment and and, and, uh, destruction and death and, and separation eternally from God. But the good news is it's not necessary. It's not his desire Hell was not made for man, okay? It was for the devil and his angels. So he doesn't want anyone there. And it should give us a burden to love, to love um, our enemies and do good to those who persecute us. Um, And to share the good news. So again, 
Let's not uh, share the good news by saying, hey, I've got some good news for you. You're going to hell. Doesn't sound like good news, okay? It's the truth in, in cases. If you're on that wide road, okay, it's the truth. But let's share it with love. Let's show him the other path. Let's show him his kindness that leads us to repentance. And let's love our enemies and pray for them and do good to those who persecute us. Um, he says about his mercy that uh, Lot also was able to enjoy. He says that the Lord, um, back in Second Peter about Lot, he says, uh, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So two sides of God. He knows how to deliver his children, those who are on that path, and he knows what he must do with that broad path and judgment. So it should make us rejoice in our salvation. It should let that rejoicing pour forth out of us with the same exuberant that the wicked indulge in the evil. We should shine bright in this dark world. As our light shines, the darker it gets, the brighter we shine, right? So let's share that good news. Um, And let me just finish up uh, this psalm here as we uh, consider how to live thankful and devoted lives due to his, his mercy and his grace that we receive just like, just like Lot received because, again, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for, for the day of judgment. So justice will reign and God will make all things right and fair and everyone will see yes and amen to what he's done that he is God and he is both just and merciful. So the psalmist, having this understanding in uh, the final uh, um, verses, and uh, if uh, our worship team wants to come on back up at any time, I'm going to just read this to you. He says, Thus my heart was grieved, in verse 21, and I was vexed in my mind. There's that word again. But now he's vexed for a different reason. He's vexed over his foolishness of his stumbling and of his questions and, and of his, how, how he did not see God fully. He says, I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. And he's thinking like an animal. He's thinking of just the temporal, just the circumstantial. And he's not thinking as, and seeing as God sees. He's looking, his focus is outward instead of upward. He went in the sanctuary, he looked to the Lord, and the Lord spoke his truth to him and gave him peace. He says, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. So he's rejoicing. He's free of that. He's rejoicing in the mercy he's received. He's got that reunited spirit with God. He's on that path. And he says, whom have I in heaven but you, in verse 25? Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's our strength for today, and he's our hope for tomorrow. He finishes the last two verses. He says, For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord, that I may declare all your works. Declaring, if our boldness 
to declare that good news was as bold as the wicked unbeliever to declare the falseness and the lies and the violence and the greed and the deception and everything wicked, if we would be as motivated to share and declare all God's works by his power, which is the easiest way to do it, not by whipping ourselves into good works and frenzies, but allowing it to pour out of an abundance of filling when we're filled in his sanctuary and meeting with him and prayer and the word, then what we could do to change uh, this world. Would you guys stand with me? And I want to close in a prayer and one final scripture and a final song. I wanted to share a a last uh, scripture from Titus that will, uh, again, help us to focus on that, that good path that God has put us on. And if we're not on that path, let's pray that God would bring us into his kingdom and unity with Jesus confessing him as our Savior and Lord, and and get us right with him so that we can walk that straight and narrow to him, to eternity, and all that he has planned and blessed us with and for. So let's pray. Let's pray through this scripture. Lord, you said that for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. You desire all that should be saved, Lord. And the next verse says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So, Lord, help us not to desire the wicked things of this world, the things that get us off path. Help us to look to you and righteous living. The next verse says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking to the end of that path, Lord, help us to stay focused upward and not outward. And this verse says, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Think about that. Pray about that, that he was given for us. You gave your own life that we might live and deliver us from every lawless, sinful, wicked thing that has been in us that you are purifying us from. And it says, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good work. Lord, help us to be zealous. Help us to be excited. Help us to be exhilarated and not vexed about this world and this life you give us. And let us make the very most of it. And let us participate in the good work you have for us. And the growth and the encouragement to one another and the meeting together. And Lord, finally, you said, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you, meaning, Lord, disregard us. May we not be disregarded, Father. May we be heard by everyone you have that you want us to tell. Help us to tell the good news, to be about your good works, to be about your truth. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would fill us and overflow to those around us, Lord, and that we'd speak the good news and speak that truth and love about who you are. In Jesus' name we ask it, Lord. Amen. Amen. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus, please email us at info at questsd.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you.